Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. So we're starting a new series, it's called Unstuck. I remember when I was visiting Luna Park, has anyone been to Luna Park? Just a couple of you. What's wrong with you people? I was 15, 15 or 16, I was at Luna Park in Sydney with my cousin, and she's a wild girl, but a lot of fun. And um, we had a wonderful time. I happen to love theme parks, fast rides, roller coasters. Is anyone with me? Yeah. yeah, good. So I remember going on one ride, I can't remember what it was called, but we got into the ride, and it was this big, round, circular thing. I don't know, Pete might have been there, I don't know. The rotor. Thank you. See, he remembers. And has anyone been on the rotor? Yes. yes. So you know what I'm talking about. And, you, and it starts spinning around and around and around and you get stuck to the walls. Yeah? And the floor goes and it doesn't matter what, you can't sort of unstick yourself until the ride stops and then you fall down the wall. Maybe? Or the floor comes back up. I don't remember. Something happens. But it was all safe. OHS, it was all good, but we were stuck to the wall. And here's the thing in life we can get stuck. Sometimes it feels like we're spinning around and around and around and can't <clears throat> move, or we get, we, we want to stop the spinning, but we, <laughs> so that we can get unstuck. Has anyone ever felt like that? Yeah. Maybe we're stuck in a rut, or in an unhealthy relationship, or in a pattern of thinking or stuck in a habit and we have no freedom of movement and we have no vision of how we can move out of where we are. Acts 24, 41 says this, but they hit a shoal, is that how you say it? Yeah? It's a huge school of fish apparently. And ran the ship aground too soon. The bow of the ship stuck fast while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the forces of the waves and began to break apart. When we get stuck, internally we can be smashed by circumstances and begin to break apart on the inside. And over the next month, we are going to be looking at some of the ways that we get stuck and hopefully how we can get unstuck. Who thinks that's a good idea? Good. If you've been living for more than a moment, you will know that life involves pain. True? And some pain is good pain. It's necessary pain. It's pain that leads to something. It leads to newness. It leads to growth. So when you lose a baby tooth, which can be painful when you're little, so that a new big tooth comes, and you need that big tooth to chew the steak that you're going to eat. Who remembers having growing pains in their legs when they were growing up? Weren't they painful? Wow. Pruning a plant so that new life can come through. You know, when you're cutting off all the dead bits, I'm sure it's not great for the plant, but new life comes from it. But you know, there is another type of pain that is not good pain. It's pain that is telling you something isn't right. 
It's pain that is telling you something isn't normal and you should take note because some action is required. About 10 weeks ago, I was exercising and I was doing a power jack. If you don't know what a power jack is, I am not going to do it for you. But when I did it, you will know what that is. Mr. Personal Trainer over there. When I did it, I felt this pain start low in my back and go all the way down my leg. And I went, ouch, that really hurts. But I kept going because I'm no quitter. I'm also crazy. And <clears throat> I snapped something in my back. I found out later when I had the MRI because I couldn't move. And I have a compressed nerve and I have bulging discs and I have all sorts of things going on. So that pain that happened in my back, <clears throat> and I'm going to see the specialist on Tuesday. Yay, it's only taken eight, what, 10 weeks. That pain that happened in my back told me that something wasn't normal and that I needed to take note of the pain. Sometimes when we're living our lives, we become accustomed accustomed to the pain that we are experiencing and we've been surviving and coping with for so long that we think it's normal. Like, I don't think about the pain in my back anymore. It's a dull pain that I don't think about much. But the fact is, it is signaling to me that, that things are not normal and that I should be doing something and address what's going on. And I am. But I'm talking about in our lives now we can get dull to the pain when it's telling us that something isn't normal and something needs to be done about it. When anxiety is stealing our life and our joy and we live with it rather than taking steps and it's not easy, I know, to keep taking steps and progressing when things aren't right, but the only way to get through something is to keep walking, and sometimes we are stuck. Sometimes we are stuck because things are out of our control, and if that's the case, it's very difficult, but sometimes it's because we've convinced, our, convinced ourselves that what we are experiencing is just the way it is, that this is my new normal, and we can live with a sense of helplessness that there is nothing we can do about what is going on in our life. And so we stay stuck. I want to challenge that type of thinking today and allow our minds to start to believe that sometimes the pain we are experiencing may be trying to tell us something and instead of ignoring it and dulling the pain and staying stuck in helplessness, well, this is just the way it is, and allowing that to lead us nowhere fast, we can get unstuck and experience a new way of living. Not all pain is bad, but some pain is there for, a good reason, for no good reason, for no good outcome, and it's just leading to helplessness and hopelessness and we can get stuck in it. Psalm 34 verse two says, I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. If you feel stuck and helpless, this morning you can take heart. Isn't that beautiful? You can take heart today. You can boast in the Lord and what he has done for you, not only what he's done for you, but what he's going to do for you. 
I want to tell you he's going to do something for you and you can get unstuck. Now, I've got a few reasons why in this first message of a number of them, all through March, we're going to be talking about getting unstuck. Here's some reasons why you might be stuck. My first reason this morning is because you've handed the control of your life to others. We cannot control what other, another person chooses to think or say or do. But if we choose to give people power over us and we believe that their opinions of us are who we really are, we will live emotionally up or down depending on what they think of us and we will be at their beck and call. Walking around on eggshells because they seem angry. Uh-oh. I want you to make me feel good about me. Oh, you weren't happy. Gosh, let me tie myself up in knots to try and please you. Have you ever let someone steal your confidence? I have. You know, the Bible says, do not throw away your confidence. Some of us us throw it away. We let other people take it from us. We chuck it away. We put the power in someone else's hands. And now we're stuck until we take it back and put it in its rightful place. We will stay emotionally stuck and dependent on what others think until we stop giving them power in our life, until we stop handing over the control of our emotions to them. Why does it matter what they think? That's a good question to ask yourself. Why should they decide? Why should what they say be the boundaries that we live within or the prison that we find ourselves locked up in? It is God's word that tells us who we are and gives us the real solutions so we can move forward in life. It's God's word. Isaiah 51 says this, I, this is God talking, yes, I am the one who comforts you. So why are you afraid of mere humans who wither like the grass and disappear? You have forgotten the Lord your creator. Because when we put the power into other people's hands, we have forgotten God. That's what he's saying. Giving people too much power in our life causes us to forget him, causes us to forget the truth. What does God say? Does what someone else thinks of you change who you are? Does it? Well, no, it doesn't. It's what God says that matters. 1 Corinthians 5, the Apostle Paul says this, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. But by by the grace of God, I am what I am. I love that scripture. And I know that to be true in my life. It's actually all by the grace of God that I am what I am. And no one can take that away because God's given it to me. And it's not because of anything I've done. It's not because of anything I can do. It's because of the grace of God. And it's the same for you. It's the same for you. 
My identity begins and finds its proper place when I understand and listen to what he says about me and when I lean into the grace he's given me. It's based on who he says and what he says. It doesn't matter what they say. But we'll we'll remain stuck while what they say is more important than what God says. We will. So that's number one. Number two, you're ignoring what God's telling you to do. You'll stay stuck today if you're ignoring what God's telling you to do. And maybe there are some people here that God has asked you to do something and you're fighting him. Fighting him. And you aren't willing to do what he's asked you to do. Can I say that you will remain that way? You might have a whole lot of good reasons why you don't want to do what he's asking. You may look up ahead and say, God, I don't understand why you are asking me to do this. Or maybe you just look up ahead and think, well, actually, I can't do it. The reality is, if God is asking you, there is a good reason. And as we obey what he says, we will get unstuck. In fact, as we obey what he says, it will open up a whole new way of living for us. It will open up doors that would never have been opened otherwise. I remember when Paul and I met, he came, he swooped into the church I was a part of, swooped in with his shorts and long socks and sandals. And I loved him anyway. And he played a, a mean guitar. That was, that was what it was, a mean guitar. And he said, right, we're going to this C3 church that's starting. You got to know I've grown up in the church I was in from a very young age. Boris and Teresa were there in that church. And, and I cried for two or three months because I did not want to do it. I did not want to go. I did not want to leave. I knew it was right, but I didn't want to do it. I was kicking and screaming. We weren't even married at the time. But let me tell you, so many times in our life that on the other side of obedience, we would, yes, on the other side of obedience is a whole new way of living. There are things that would never have happened in our lives if we hadn't done, if we hadn't moved at that point. Look, I could go on, but I won't because I don't have time. But let me say that. If God is saying to do something, do it. Do it. There's a guy in the Bible called Jonah. And he had this same problem and God asked him to do something and he didn't want to do it. And the story goes like this. God told Jonah, go to this city. It's called Nineveh. Nineveh was a horrible place. It was full of violence and brutal people. And Jonah got the, he got the text. He got the email. He got the phone call. He got it all from God and he ignored them all. He threw his phone away. He threw it away and in fact he did the opposite of what God said. He went in the opposite direction, away from Nineveh. He went down to the seashore, hopped on a boat that was going towards Spain, which was the opposite direction. And God looked down and thought, hmm, Jonah, that's not what I asked. And so he sent a huge storm into Jonah's life 
And Jonah ended up in the belly of a fish or a whale. And he was stuck. True? He was definitely stuck. He, could, he was not getting out of that fish. He was not going anywhere until he had a change of heart and he decided to do what God asked him to do. Do you need to have a change of heart today? <laughs> that is my question. Jonah, verse two, Jonah 2, 1 to 2 says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble. He answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead. And Lord, you heard me. So he decided to do what God said. He called out to God. And the whale spat him out. Beautiful story. He went to Nineveh. He had a seven-word sermon, seven words. You're saying if only every preacher preached for seven words. Is that what you're saying today? I've done more than seven. He said his seven-word sermon and the whole city got saved. What an outcome. So what is on the other side of your obedience to what God has asked you to do? What is there? You will be unstuck, but what else? Maybe it's someone's salvation. Maybe it's someone's healing. Maybe it's a fresh start, a new door you've been waiting to open. I don't know what, but I do know this. Nothing is going to happen until you take the step. So obey and get unstuck. The third. The third reason why we can be stuck is that a season is finished and we refuse to let it go. You know, there is this fallacy that goes around that we can fall victim to, and it is this, that there are no limits in life. No limits. You can be whoever you want to be. You can't, actually. <laughs> it's true. If you can't sing, you can't be a rock star. Well, maybe you can, actually, be a rock star. Oh, that's rude. You can't actually be whoever you want to be. Sorry. That's a spoiler. This fallacy that we should have enough time and energy to keep accumulating and harvesting and growing and that we can live in this never-ending time of spring. It's not true. It's make-believe. We may talk about this in more detail further on in this series, but... This is the thing. Nature t itself tells us that if we aren't willing to experience winter, and it's coming, we aren't going to get spring. If we aren't willing to sow some seed, we aren't going to see a harvest. If we aren't going to let something die, it's not going to bear fruit. John 12 says this, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, oh, who loves that? Not me, dear God. Do I have to die again? It remains alone, but its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. If we aren't willing to embrace the seasons and the rhythms of life and let things die when the season comes to an end, we will find ourselves stuck in something that is dead and lifeless. Stuck in relationships that need to be put aside so that others can flourish. Maybe you need to give up trying to change a person who doesn't want to change so that you can be free of the negative influence they are in your life. Well, she's harsh today. You know, there are a number of reasons why people refuse to let things go, uh, just 
let them die, let them go. And I'm believing that, that some of you here today won't let go of a season that needs to come to an end because if you do, you'll think you've failed. The, me, the reason might be that you didn't get it to, you know, it, it didn't go as you planned. You didn't get it to where you wanted to get it. It didn't achieve what you thought it would achieve. And so you're thinking, I can't stop. I can't put it down. And you're stuck. See, I'm, I understand this because I'm not a quitter. I'm a believer. I'm an optimist. I'm a glass half full. Half, no, yes, is that right? Yes, good. Think about that for a minute. What have I said? The glass is not half empty, it's half full. And this can work against me when things need to be stopped or finished if I believe that quitting is bad, period, always, anytime, ever. It's not. Especially if my identity says that I cannot quit because if I quit, I'm a failure. And the truth is, I am not what I do. I am who he says I am. I'm not what I do. No. And ending something that is not working to choose to do something else that is better is not failure but success. So many times in the journey of even this church, we try things, we, keep, we give it our best shot, <laughs> we keep going and it doesn't work and we go, okay, well we need to finish that because finishing that is not failure but it's success because we're going to get to something better. Maybe you need to let something finish because it will allow you to get unstuck. If you put that thing down, it's going to allow you to pick something else up that's going to bring a whole new season of life and growth into your world. The last one is taking responsibility for other people. You might be stuck because of the way you're handling a relationship in your life or relationships. You refuse to allow someone to take responsibility for their own life. Oh, that's tiring. You're continually rescuing them and in fact enabling them. We know a young adult who racked up $15,000 worth of mobile bills that his parents paid. Rescuing them, enabling them. You've allowed someone in your life to believe that they are so special, they don't have to take responsibility for their actions or the effect that they have on other people. How they speak, how they act. Because you clean up their mess. Do you know what happens when we live like this? We have a generation full of entitled people who think that the world owes them something. It's very scary. It was one of the most freeing days in my life when I stopped taking responsibility for the people around me. I am a nice person, believe me, I truly am. But I was trying to take responsibility for them and for everything because, and, and really it was very selfish. Do you know why? Because it was because of how it made me look. So I'd take responsibility for them because of how it made me look. And it was so freeing when I basically stopped. There is a difference, Henry Cloud says this, Dr. Henry Cloud, between helping someone who is disabled, incapable or otherwise versus helping someone who is resisting growing up and taking care of what every adult has to be responsible for himself or herself. 
When, you're, when you find yourself in any way paying for someone else's responsibilities, not only are you stuck, you are probably harming that person. This is the message we send to people when we do this. We will put up with no matter what. Ultimately, that doesn't help anyone. Everyone should be contributing in life and taking responsibility for their actions. When Paul came home from the men's breakfast yesterday, and I, I said, hey, babe, how you doing? Hey, and he told me about the breakfast. I said to him, because we were just, he said, can you make me a coffee? I didn't get one. I said, of course, I'd love to. And I went out and I said, but before that, I just need to apologize to you for how horrible I was last night. I said, this is a true story, obviously. I said, I could say to you that I just wasn't myself and it's because of blah, 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 but I just need to take responsibility. It shouldn't have been like that, so I'm sorry. He said, honey, that's fine. What I said to myself was, she's not herself at the moment, <laughs> when it happened, and I forgive you. Now, I didn't just, say, didn't just have that discussion with Paul, because of my message, true, <laughs> I was saying this morning, I thought, oh wow, that happened yesterday. We've all got to take responsibility, you and me, because it's called growing up and being an adult. So how are you going? Come up guys. Are you stuck? Have you given control of your life to someone else? Do they control your emotions? Has God asked you to do something and you're digging in your heels? Are you unwilling to let something finish so you can move into your new day? Are you taking responsibility for someone else and you need to stop? They're just a few examples of how we can be stuck. God doesn't want you stuck. He wants you to flourish. He wants you to keep moving forward. So if any of those things, excuse me, are you this morning? I want to invite you to bring that to God. That's your answer. Bring it to Him. Say, God, this thing is going on in my life and, and, and I'm stuck and I don't want to be stuck because, you, you know, that. the first step is to realize. The second step is to want to change. The third step is to take it to God and allow Him in. And then to start walking it out. And there are lots of ways that that happens. And there are people around you who would love to help you with that. God might speak to you in that process of taking it to Him. You might need to talk to someone else. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.